0: Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jay. And surprisingly, last week was a very busy week. Well, from last time we spoke to this to now, it's been pretty busy, man. You got basketball news, football news. We have some good news. We got some not so good news. So we'll talk about it. Um, but first, let's get the not so good news out the way from the NBA. So a report, reports have come out saying that it's looking like the season is on the verge of canceling. It looks like they're not really able to find, first of all, the whole coronavirus isn't controlled. Second of all, they're not really finding a good, like, a way that they can bring all the centralized teams. Of course, they were thinking about playing without fans. Um, They were talking about doing an island. That's what the UFC is. It it looks like the UFC is going to be playing in an island, uh, like a remote island where they can still go on. Uh, they they were thinking about doing what the WrestleMania did was pretty much pre-record um, some of the big fights or some of the big games and allow you know the games to go on just no fans but they couldn't really come they're not really coming to a a, a common ground with all this so because of that it's looking real pessimistic or pessimistic I believe <laughs> the word. That the season is going to be canceled or is going to be canceled. Uh, We've talked about this before, but to reiterate, this is going to, first of all, this, first of all, shouts out, let me, before we start, shouts out to all the, the, the nurses, the doctors, the first responders, the people that are knee deep in this Corona thing. Um, Of course, I couldn't imagine because I don't know, but I'm seeing, you know, the death toll continues to rise. Uh, People are quitting their jobs. People are getting fired. So, you know, I I understand it. And I understand that basketball right now is not the most important thing. Uh sports in general is not the most important thing. So, you know, I, I get all that. Um and I get and I understand and, and, and it's and it's completely right, you know, basketball, the NBA, the NFL is just a, a, a it's an entity, you know, when we're talking about people's lives on the line, you know what I mean? And we're talking about people that's losing their lives, you know, it's it's scary, it's scary, scary hours, man. But this will be, first of all, unprecedented for the NBA to cancel the season midway through the season. This would be definitely, like, you got to understand, like, financially, this is going to hurt a lot of players. There's still players that live, well, I know it's hard to believe because you have millions or thousands of dollars being passed around. But there are players that's living paycheck to paycheck, players that are supporting their family uh supporting themselves they're they're still living paycheck to paycheck so this is going to affect those players this is I, I think that if the season which is looking like it pretty much is if the season cancels we're going to see the ramifications well into next year because then that affects the draft that affects how do you how, i guess this year is not going to have a champion uh, I, this affects, of course, the Olympics. As we talked about, the Olympics getting pushed back a year. This put this this puts so much, you know, this puts so much emphasis on the next season and this off season. This is an, that would be an extended off season. So, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely new and it's definitely something that the not just the NBA but sports haven't seen. You see in golf, you know, and you see in tennis. The PGAs are closing. The 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 Grand Slams are closing, like or or canceling. It's 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 scary hours, man. And it's you know it, it's definitely something uh, to take note. If the if the season cancels again, that's going to be. I look at players like LeBron James. You know he's he I think that was a seventeenth season. The seventeenth season is pretty much going to waste because you know he's, he'll be coming back a year older. Uh, and the Lakers were doing good. You look at players like Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. You know, the Clippers did all those moves so that they could be the future. Imagine if now next year when the player options kick in and after the season, Kawhi Leonard bounces. So you trade all those assets, trade all those pieces for pretty much a year. You know, you look at, you look at contracts that are supposed to be expiring this year. Like, what happens? it's definitely something that we're going to have to see. And it's definitely something that is going to have to be monitored, but you know, it's, it's, it's new. It's definitely new. It's, it's, it's new. You know, this is, this is un. this is times that we've never seen, of course. And it, it's just something that we have to, we have to play by ear because at this point, at this moment, it's not just sports. We don't have a handle on the coronavirus. So the fact that we don't have a handle on the coronavirus. Don't expect the sports to just pop, you know, magically come back anytime soon. Because you don't want to put these play, you don't want to put anybody at risk, especially the players that make you money. Now, there are there are leagues like the NFL, which we'll talk about a little bit later. NFL is more than likely or planning on starting on time, but the draft gets affected. And like I said, we'll talk about the we'll talk about that a little bit later. But staying on the NBA. Also, a big, big news that came out of the NBA was the Hall of Fame. The two thousand twenty Hall of Fame inductees were announced. The note, the names were Kobe Bryant, Tamika Catchings, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim M- Milky Milky. I forgot. I'm sorry if I said your name. I know I said your name wrong. Uh, Rudy, Tom, Tom Jonovich, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, and Patrick Berman. Now, of course. The names, uh, they're all great, of course, they're all Hall of Famers, but the names that I want to highlight is t- t- Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Tamika Catchings, and Tim, I mean Kim Mulkey, Mulkey. I'm going to say Mulkey. Let's start with, let's start with Tamika Catchings. Tamika Catchings is one of the greatest women's basketball players we've ever seen. She's very accomplished. She's won uh, MVP. She's won... She's won championships. She's won, you know. She's been on all NBA or all WNBA teams. She's been on all-star teams. Tamika Catchings. You know, when we think about players like Diana Taurasi, uh, Candace Parker, when we think about Rebecca Lobo, Cheryl Swoosh, Maya Moore, Tamika Catchings is in that list. Tamika Catchings has is, is is that cluster and list of women that have prevailed or that have pushed the WNBA to the status that it is. You know, she became, she became one of the household names of the WNBA. Like I said, we, everyone knows who Diana Taurasi is. Everyone knows who Maya Moore is. Everyone knows who Candace Parker is. And now, and, and, and pretty much because of her play, everyone knows who Tamika Catchings is. So it's definitely well-deserved that Tamika Catchings is in the Hall of Fame. And that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with Ken Mulkey. When we talk about, or Mulkay, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong again. But she she was, she is the coach of the women's Baylor's team. They've had, now I know she's won multiple national championships. I don't know exactly at, you know, at the, oh, she's won three national championships with Baylor. She's, she's had some of the greatest college basketball teams, well, some of the greatest college basketball players we've seen. She's had Brittany Griner. You know, she's had those players. And even, you know, we, we all know that college basketball is, is is a revolving door. Whether it's men or women, it's a revolving door. You have players are one and dones. You have, uh, I think, the women you have to stay for th- two or three years. But to have three national championships in a, for, for one, Three national championships at Baylor when Baylor, while it's a powerhouse, is not a powerhouse like Yukon is or South Carolina has been or Tennessee has been. Moke or Moke pretty much is the reason why Baylor is a powerhouse. She's the reason why recruiting went up. She's the reason why you get a person like Brittany Griner. She's the reason why the school has three national championships. And because of that, she was awarded the Basketball Hall of Fame there you know when you look at gino gino Oriyama when you look at pat summit when you look at some of the great college oh what's her name let me i'm i'm hold up i'm going to get this lady's name right or i'm not going to forget her um i'm not going to forget her name because she's one of the greatest uh women's women's um women's College women's basketball coaches. So bear with me, guys. Give me a second. Give me a second. Don Stally, Don Staley or Staley. Those women like that are the reason why college basketball is what it is, especially women's college basketball. You look at you look at some of the national champ oh you look at the national championships um, and you look at March Madness. You look at some of the games that we see on on, on any given night the stadiums are packed and because it's because you know they they have support for the team, the teams are good, but those teams wouldn't be good without a Kim, uh, Mulkey, without a Don Staley, without a Gino Oriemus. Gino Oriemum. So because of that Kim Mulkey definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. In fact, all of them deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, that's in it because of course they're in it. But, you know, these are the ones we're going to we're going to tackle. So then you get to, the, the, to me, the three heavy hitters. Uh, that's no disrespect to Rudy. There's no disrespect to Barbara, Eddie, Patrick. There's none disrespect to Tamika Catchings. No disrespect. But when we talk about this Hall of Fame class, this Hall of Fame class will be tied to three people. Pretty much, really, two but three people. Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. Now, there's been a couple of questions that's been swirling ever since that, the the hall of fame inductees have come out one question that i want to address is is this the best hall of fame class that we've ever had to me that is that that's that's personal opinion of course i mean you don't really know but i would say yes due to the fact that when you have a great like kobe when you have a great like tim duncan you have a great like kevin garnett when you have a great like Tamika Catchings and of course you have the coaches, that is a deep class. Now, of course, people can go back to 2009 where that was Michael Jordan, David Robinson and John Stockton. But when we look at their respective, when we look at their res- respective positions, right, David Robinson is not the best to me. And I, unless you're a Spurs fan, I don't think to anybody, David Robinson is not the best center of all time. John, John Stockton is not the best point guard of all time. Yes, Michael Jordan is the best shooting guard of all time to to majority of people. But an argument can't. A, a, a lot of people will make an argument that Kobe Bryant is the greatest. Some people. I'm not one of those people, but some people would make that argument. When we talk about power forwards, you know, uh, it's Tim Duncan, and then a distant second. Now, and that distant second could be. Kevin Garnett, that distant second could be uh, Dirk Nowinski, but it's Tim Duncan in a distant second. To, to me, when you look at the shooting guard position, it's Michael. I say it's Michael Jordan than a very close Kobe Bryant. The only thing that Michael Jordan to me has that Kobe Bryant doesn't is that sixth ring, but Kobe Bryant has five. So that's why I said they're pretty much neck and neck, which is why I would say that the 2020 draft class is the better class. Now, of course, people can go, what about 2018? And you have Ray Allen, Mo Cheeks, Grant Hill, uh, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd. I think um, Tina Thompson was in that draft or in that Hall of Fame class. While yes, those are some incredible, incredible players. None of those players that I mentioned are on the status of Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, RIP of course and it, it, it's kind of it's kind of when, when we when we think about you know when we when we hear Kobe Bryant's name of course we're happy uh, it's it's kind of like a bittersweet thing you know we're happy it's well deserved even if Kobe Bryant was alive he definitely would have been enshrined in the Hall of Fame unanimous decision um, but when we look at like I said 2018 draft none of those players are even close to Kobe to me none of those players are close to to Tim Duncan and none of those players are really close to uh, Kevin Garnett even though Kevin Garnett only has one championship. So yes, in my opinion, the 2020 Hall of Fame class is the best Hall of Fame class that we've ever had. Because of the sheer talent of a Kobe, of a Tim Duncan, of a Tamiki Catchings, and of, a, of, a, of a Kevin Garnett and the coaching acumen of Kim Mulkey. Mulkey. So. Well, that's one question. Another question um, I've heard is who's better between Tim Duncan or whose career would you have the most, Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant? I've had this debate so many times. And I think it's the good thing about this is my, my opinion sways every time I have this debate. Kobe Bryant and Kim Duncan have the same amount of rings. Of course, Kobe Bryant has more, uh, more points. Tim Duncan has more MVPs. Tim Duncan, I believe, has more finals MVPs. But Kobe has more points, assists. Kobe has five, you know, Kobe is Kobe. And this is what I'd say. Tim Duncan has always played on a team that was prime. In fact, I believe Kobe Bryant. No, Tim Duncan has always, his team has always been in the championship. Not championship. It has always been in the playoffs. When you look at it, when you think about it, you go from David Robinson. You and David Robinson go. David Robinson leaves. David Robinson retires. Then you get Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. They go up. Then you get... uh Kawhi Leonard. And on top of all this, you're coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time, Greg Popovich. You look at Kobe. Kobe came into the league. You had Shaq. You had Shaq for a good amount of years. That got you three championships. Shaq leaves. When Shaq leaves, you struggle. You know, you got the Smush Parkers. You got the the Kwame Browns. Then you get Pau Gasol. With Paul Gasol, you win two more championships. Oh, you get Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum, and Lamar Odom, and you get, and, and this is good, Andrew Bynum, you get two more championships. Oh, and you still have Derek Fisher. On top of all this, you're coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time, and Phil, J- Phil Jackson. To answer this question, it's really your preference. Do you prefer somebody that's more of a glue guy, that's more of a, uh, while he's the best player, he's not the most flashy player, he's not gonna give you the most points, but he's gonna be the most fundament- fundamentally sound player, the technically sound player. He's not gonna, you know, be all up in the camera. He's not gonna do all this, that, and the third, but he'll just come, produce, and leave. Or do you want the person that comes in makes a lot of noise on the court not like off the court but makes a lot of noise scores a lot of points um, and is electric if you want the stability or or the 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 low maintenance but it's gonna produce and when i say i'm not saying Kobe's high maintenance the the person that's you know slow and sturdy is gonna get you where you gotta go it might not be the fastest but it's gonna get you where you want to go or do you want to get the the sports car that's gonna get you where you want to go, but it's a different way of driving, and it's, it might not be the safest thing, but it's a different way of driving, and it will get you where you need to go. That's how I kind. I know it's kind of that that analogy is kind of off, but that's how I see it. You know, you got you got Kobe who is who is an icon, and then you have Tim Duncan who has done arguably the same amount, and some people some people will say more than Kobe but never got the spotlight. And I think that's how you really assess that. I don't, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying it's really a preference thing. So with all that, and, and, and don't get me wrong, Tim Dun- I mean, Kevin Garnett is to me, arguably the second, no, the third best power forward ever. You know, he is kind of like the, the Ed Reed of the NBA, you know, the fieriness, the, the competitiveness. You can't take that away from Kevin Garnett. And while I do, I would put someone like <clears throat> someone like Dirt Nowinski maybe over him, and that, that is a hard debate because that's a debate that I have with myself a lot. To me, he's either second or third. Uh, and then I think it's a distant second or third. Like I think it's Tim Duncan and then a distant second. And in that second, of course, I wouldn't be. Maybe one day I'll say Tim Duncan. I mean, I'll say Kevin Garnett. Another day I'll say Dirt Nowinski. So, you know. Again, I want to shout out to the class of 2020, which is Kobe Bryant, Timika Catchings, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kim Mulkey, uh, Rudy, Tom Tomjanovich, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, and Patrick Berman. So, shouts out to you guys, Hall of Fames, R. P. Kobe. Uh, and, and another thing that I heard that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I heard a couple people saying, "Man." Kobe Bryant's only making the Hall of Fame because he passed away. Look, anybody that says some stupid mess like that has never seen Kobe play. Kobe is one of the best players to ever play the game. You know, I used to, I used to say, I don't know if Kobe Bryant's top ten, right? <laughs> this is what I used to say. Until I really went back and looked at the highlights, and I realized Kobe wasn't everyone's bag of tea. You know, Kobe wasn't wasn't everyone's favorite player. Of course, there's people kind of like people that do with Michael Vick. There's people that really judge him for his off the court antics. I'm mean, not antics, off the court situation. People saying you know Kobe doesn't pass the ball that much. Kobe doesn't do this. Kobe only won with Shaq and Paul Gasol. This, that, and the third. Kobe went out kind of kind of bad. Like you know, people want to say negative things about Kobe. And this was before his passing, of course. But one thing that is undeniable is Kobe was doing things that nobody has ever done. And I don't know if nobody will ever do. No, I, me, personally, I'm not saying Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James or something like that. But what I am saying is Kobe, has, was, doing, Kobe was doing things that no person not only would, could do but would even try. You know, some of the shots selection, some of the the way he would contort his body, his dunks, especially in his, in his earlier years. His dunks were vicious and flashy. Just Kobe wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but his greatness shined. Uh, there was no denying that you could hate Kobe with with every fi- Spurs fans. Almost every Spurs fan I know hates. Kobe Bryant they respect him, of course and it's not like you know they're happy he's gone or anything but they hated Kobe Bryant they hated thinking about Kobe Bryant but they hated him because they respected him so much because Kobe was just that good Lakers fans hate Tim Duncan they hate Tim Duncan not because you know he doesn't uh, trash talk he doesn't do this he doesn't do that it's just he comes in and will destroy especially young Tim Duncan a lot of people forget (laughs) A lot of people remember, or, or when they think of Tim Duncan, they want to think about the old man that was doing nothing but bank shots uh, or, or bank hooks and, and just killing a team that way. Young Tim Duncan was dunking on people. Young Tim Dun- Duncan was f- catching lobs. Young Tim Duncan was getting 50 and 20, 50 points, 25 rebounds games. Like Young Tim Duncan was a monster. So it's just like, for people that are saying that, Kobe Bryant wouldn't be a Hall of Famer if he was still alive to me is wild. For people that are saying, I don't know how Tim Duncan is a Hall of Famer is crazy to me. So, you know, it's, 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 it's... Kobe Bryant, everyone that is a Hall of Famer this year deserves to be a Hall of Famer. I promise you that. So, um, is there anything else about basketball? I, I do want to shout out um, Sabrina Inescu for winning the Naismith Play of the Year. Uh, I think that's a, that's a... She's won that multiple times. You know, shouts out to her. She's one of the, she, <clears throat> she's, one of the uh, she's in the upper echelon of college hoopers. Not just women, but men in general. Uh, I know ESPN just did a uh, Greatest College Basketball Players, and her, her name should have been in it. I don't know if it was. I don't think it could have been because she's still playing. But, you know, she's up there. She's up there with the Breonna Stewart. She's up there with the Diana Taurassi's, with the Candace Parkers. You know, she's definitely up there. And uh, I want to, again, shout out to Sabrina Inescu for winning Naismith Play of the Year. And, of course, she'll be wreaking havoc on somebody's WNBA team next year. So, Um, shout out to her. Uh, Anything else I want to talk about basketball? Mm, No. No. Let's move over to football. Um, So, football, I mean, the NFL has kind of taken some heat a little bit this week because... It's been, it's been, it's been pretty much determined that the NFL is preparing for a virtual draft. You know, they're not going to have anybody in the stands. They're not going to have anybody, uh, any teams. Pretty much, there. It's going to be a virtual thing. Here's why they've been getting, they've been getting some flack. We know what's going on in the world with the coronavirus. We know that teams aren't doing any scouting. We know that teams aren't having any one-on-one communication with the players, as in like face-to-faces. We know teams aren't hosting workouts. We know teams aren't, aren't even recruiting. Teams aren't doing any recruiting for, for next year because everyone is supposed to stay home. So with all that, why are you having a draft if <clears throat> you're not really preparing the best way you can? Like, these players are still going to be available down the road. And, and that that also peers the question, do you think that you'll start the season on time? I hope the season starts on time, but why are you having a draft? Or at least, you know, I get the whole virtual thing. I get that. But this is a test run. And why don't you just push? Why can't you push the draft back a month? Why can't? Why can't the draft be in May? That's what I think they're getting a little heat about. It's like, I know you want this draft to go on, so but why don't you just push it back another month? You know, I know that you might think the world needs a distraction and everything, but just push it back a month, and I think you'll be good. And that's what someone like Adam Schefter was saying. You know, it. of course, this, this virtual draft is going to affect years to come to see if they'll do this again, see how they'll implement that with the – regular you know usual draft that we're used to um somebody was saying maybe the first day of the draft is uh the first few rounds is going to be regular but the next ones are going to be virtual you know this is something that of course they're testing out but this is we might see this for years and years to come to see how successful it is but it definitely was heat being taken because like i said this isn't the most important thing right now the most important thing is staying inside and you could have pushed it back a month these players in a month are still going to be free i mean still going to be uh high draft picks ain't nothing really going to happen unless some freak accident but they're not really supposed to be because they're at home so like i said you could have just pushed it back a month so and lastly before we go the all nfl decades team came out and i'm going to read the whole list to you from, I'm going to read the offensive team, I'm going to read the defensive team, and I'm going to read the special teams. Then I'm going to discuss who were some uh, some notable exclusions from the list. So, the NFL 2010 All-Decade team is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Rob Gronkowski ooh, Travis Kelsey, Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, Joe Thomas, Jahari Evans, Logan Minkins, Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda, Alex Mack, Marquise Pouncey, Frank Gore, Mark, uh, oof, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, and Darren, Darren Sproles. Now, offensively, I can see about all of them. I don't really have, have an argument about all of them. Some people say, why would Calvin Johnson be on there and his career wasn't as long? But when he was, Calvin Johnson, here's here's the thing. Calvin Johnson is probably, you know, probably. Calvin Johnson is my favorite football player ever. He was so dominant in his his tenure. Just go look at his highlights. You couldn't even double team him. The teams, yeah, he was on that 0-16 team. But you couldn't double team him. He would... He has multiple incredible catches, multiple games of doing things with with two or three defenders draped on that I could, I've never seen. So yes, I believe that Calvin Johnson definitely should be on this list. Um, Some notable exclusions, here's the thing. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. He's one of the greatest talents of the ball we've ever seen. The way that he's able to throw the ball on the run, in the pocket. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But I can understand if somebody would say, well, how about someone like Drew Brees, who they both have one championship, but Drew Brees has more passing yards. Drew Brees has more touchdown passes. Drew Brees has a lot more accolades than Aaron Rodgers. I can understand someone says, what about Russell Wilson? While Russell Wilson doesn't have as many touchdowns, doesn't have as many passing yards, he's been he's been the epitome of greatness as ever since he got into the league. He's been in two Super Bowls, and he was a stupid pass on the one yard line away from being a two time Super Bowl champion. So I, I understand that. Everybody else, I mean, I get you know, some people say, you know, why why isn't I dunno <laughs> why isn't someone like Odell Beckham Jr. in in the in this list he he shouldn't be in this list. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't done enough to me to be on this list. Um, so I, I think the offensive team works. I think the offensive team. Uh, some people say, "What about um, what's that tight end? Uh, what about uh, oh, what's the tight end from um?" Philly, Uh, damn, he was on my fantasy team. But what about him? And I'm like, no, who are you taking off? Rob Gronkowski, who is arguably the greatest tight end we've ever seen, or Travis Kelsey, who is a Super Bowl champion and one of the great. He's a he's an incredible offensive offensive tight end. So I think the I think they pretty much got it right. Uh, Again, I could argue. I probably would put. Maybe a Drew Brees over a. Now, no, I don't think Drew Brees is better than Aaron Rodgers, but accolades and and accomplishments, I might put a Drew Brees or a Russell Wilson before I put, um, a. Uh, before I put a um. Aaron Rodgers, and another thing somebody was saying was, why don't you put like a Steve Smith? Uh, no. So who are you taking off? Antonio Brown, who even put all his antics aside, is still one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen. Larry Fitzgerald is the epitome of Larry Fitzgerald is pretty much like the Tim Duncan of wide receivers, so he's just over reliable. And Julio Jones is an athletic freak. Um, I think they had it right. Here's the de- here's the defensive side. Um, of course, I'm going to name them all, and we'll talk about it a little bit. You have Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, uh, Julius Peppers, J.J. Watt, Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, Adam Sioux. You have Luke Keekley Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis, Chandler Jones, uh, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Patrick Peterson, Darrell Revis, Richard Sherman, Eric Berry, Eric, uh, Eric Weddle, Earl Thomas, Chris Harris, Tyron Matthews. Now, of course, the biggest gripe about this was Joe Hayden saying, why is Joe Hayden on the list? That is one person that I would most definitely agree should be on this list. Joe Hayden should definitely be on this defensive team's list. What he did in Cleveland, yes, Cleveland wasn't winning, but what he did in Cleveland and what he's doing now in, in Pittsburgh deserves to be on this list. He deserves to be considered one of the all-decade teams. So that's one thing that I have a problem with. I don't really have a problem with anything else, just that one. I know a lot of people say, why would you put Patrick Willis? Because, kind of like Calvin Johnson. His career wasn't as long as you know somebody else's, but I'm like, yo, Patrick Willis is one of the greatest linebackers we've ever seen. Even in a small period of time, it's like Barry Sanders didn't play that long, but there's no argument that he's one of the greatest running backs we've ever seen. Bo Jackson didn't play that long, but there's no argument that he's one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Um, uh, Joe Green didn't play that long, but we know that he's one of the greatest players to ever play. So, yes, Patrick Willis definitely deserves to be on this list. Um, Everybody everybody else deserves, I mean, the things that Richard Sherman is doing, not only for the 49ers, but everything he did for uh, Seattle, yes. Luke Heakley, yes. The thing that I'm a little surprised about, actually, in both of these lists, if you go back to the offensive list, there's only a few players, uh, Tom Brady, Joe Thomas, Marshall Yonda, and Adrian Peterson, that are unanimous uh, decisions for the um, for the offense. I would think a player like maybe Jason Peters or Rob Gronkowski, I would definitely say Rob Gronkowski should have been a unanimous decision. Um... Other than that, and, and maybe a Calvin Johnson, no, and maybe, definitely a Larry Fitzgerald. I think a Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, and Rob Gronkowski are the notable names that were not unanimous decisions that I think should have been unanimous decisions. If you go on the defensive side, J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Von Miller are the only people that were unanimous decisions. I would think somebody like Alou be should be a unanimous decision. Someone like uh, Patrick Peterson should be a unanimous decision. Someone like Richard Sherman should be a unanimous decision. And someone like Julius Peppers should be a unanimous decision. Yes, I definitely agree. J.J. Watt should be unanimous. Aaron Donald should be unanimous. And Von Miller should definitely be unanimous. But I do think that there should be more people on that list. And for the special teams list... You have um, only one unanimous, uh, which is Justin Tuck, but you have Johnny Heckler, you have Shane Lechler, you have Steven Gonkowski, you have Justin Tucker, Tyreek Hill, Darren Sproles, Devin Hester, and Cordell Patterson. The only person, unanimous decision being Justin Tucker. I think it should be Justin Tucker and Devin Hester. Devin Hester is one of the most exciting players we've ever seen play in the NFL his speed is top-notch his uh, running uh, up his kick return ability is top-notch I think he should be he should have been a unanimous decision but I have no problem with everyone else I'm a little surprised Tyreek Hill is there but Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest players along with Darren Sproles one of the fastest players we've ever seen so yes I agree and and of course they've they've had several he's had several punt returns in his career um steven gronkowski is one of the greatest kickers one thing i'm i, I you could have put adam minatarian here but i understand that you didn't and you know it, it'd be hard for me to take off steven gronkowski as well uh and justin tucker you, you're not he's one of the he's probably the greatest kicker of all time you're not you're not taking him off this list and the coaches was bill belichick and uh Pete carroll and that kind of that that didn't surprise me because to me those have been the top notch player coaches. You can put someone like Andy Reid, but of course he only has one championship. So it's Pete Carroll, but he's only been to one championship. Well, he's he only has one, and it, it was just he just won it. You can say someone like Mike Tomlin, um, but I I definitely agree with uh, Bill Belichick, who is not even arguable. He's the greatest coach of all time when it comes to football. And Pete Carroll is, is one of the greatest coaches of all time, not just NFL, but NFL and college. But it, it did get me to think, if you put, Steve, uh, you've put Pete Carroll, that means you recognize what he's done with the Seahawks. And then you also have to recognize what Russell Wilson has done with the Seahawks as a quarterback, especially playing multiple years with no offensive line or not really do too many wide receivers or, you know, the, the, the team as a whole in flux. So, outside of the defense, because, of course, you have Legion of Boom. So, you recognize that, which is why I was a little surprised. Russell Wilson barely received any votes. So, but, again, that is the all-decade team. I have really, I mean, I don't really have any problems with any of them. Of course, I would add some. It would be hard for me to take out any of these people because they're all great. So, you know. But there you have it, guys. This is probably a short episode. I don't, I don't know um i got something special for you guys coming uh i thank you guys for watching thank you guys for listening please subscribe please subscribe please subscribe please share if you like it tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend um i was thinking about doing an instagram live just watch y'all seeing my process when i do this uh i might do it next week i don't i don't know no the whole episode is not gonna be instagram live it's just pretty much giving the Instagram live a behind the scenes of how I do this um, but hey we'll, we'll see how it goes, again this has been the Unpopular Podcast, it's your boy Jay, I appreciate y'all, and until next time, much love
0: yeah. for your eyes only for your eyes, for your eyes only be dying on the daily it seems my dreams faded for far too long the consequence is deadly can't visualize myself as nothing but a criminal control the block serving up rocks and stay subliminal because young niggas is hard-headed they letting off full of adrenaline ignorant to what death can cause ain't no coming back family dressed in black plus it's hot now the cops outside it's hard to flip a pack and my daughter gotta eat Mama be stressing me like I ain't the one who put them J's on her feet Like I ain't out in the field like that I might be low for the moment, but I will bounce back despite the charges Back to the wall, I fight regardless, screaming fuck the law, my life is lawless That's what you call it, ain't gotta be no psychic to see this is like the farthest thing from heaven, this is hell and I don't mean that hyperbolic I tried to find employment even if it's swiping tallest But these felonies be making life the hardest Resisting the temptation to run up and swipe a wallet I'll run up on your yard, snatch your daughter, bike, and pawn it That's why I write this sonnet If the pressure get too much for me to take And I break, play this tape for my daughter And let her know my life is on it For your eyes Let her know my life is on it For your eyes For your eyes, eyes, do you understand? For your eyes, do you understand? Me? For your eyes, do you understand? For your eyes, do you understand? Me? For your eyes, do you understand? For your eyes, do you understand? Me? For your eyes, do you understand? For your eyes, you probably oh, grown me. now, so the song will hit you. If you hearing this, unfortunately means that I'm no longer with you in the physical not even sure if i believe in god but because you still alive it got me praying that the spiritual is real so i can be a part of you still my pops was killed too so i know how part of you feels maybe you hate me maybe you miss me maybe you spike me life goes in cycles maybe you'll date a nigga just like me i hope not tired of dope spots and fiends that smoke rocks I've seen far too many niggas hopes rot I'm writing this because me and the devil had a dance Now I see death around the corner apologizing in advance Don't know if I ever had a chance At a glance I'm a failure Addicted to pushing paraphernalia But daddy had dreams once My eyes had a gleam once Innocence disappeared by the age of 8 years My pops shot up Drug related, mama addicted. So granny raised me in projects where thugs was hanging. Blood was staining the concrete. Older niggas I love talk like they was above. Maintaining a timesheet That slow money. Picked up the family business. By the age of 13, six years later was handed sentence. Round the same time as when you came in this world. Me and your mama thinking, what the fuck we naming this girl? I told Anina the Prettiest name that I could think of for the prettiest thing my eyes had ever seen. I was 19. Took me two felonies to see the trap. This crooked ass system set for me. And now I fear it's too late for me to ever be. The one to set examples that was never set for me. I'm living fast but not fast enough. Cause karma keeps on catching up to me. And if my past becomes the death of me, I hope you understand. For your eyes, do you understand? For your eyes, do you understand me? For your eyes, do you understand? For your eyes, do you understand? Me? For your eyes, do you understand? understand. For your eyes, do you understand? Me? For your eyes, do you understand? For your eyes. In several ways I could have went out, too many to count. Was it the trigger, happy crackers that the badges give clout? Was it the young niggas blasting frustrated? Cause the cash running out. Niggas don't know how to act in a drought. See, baby girl, I realized my definition of a real nigga was skewed. My views misshaped by new mixtapes that confirmed the shit I learned in the streets was true. That real niggas don't speak when they beef with you. They just pull up on your street, let the heat hot chew. And if a real nigga hungry, he gon' eat your food, I was a fool, spent all my time ducking school, ducking cops, ducking rules, hugging blocks that don't love you, I pray you find a nigga with goals and point of views, much broader than the corner, if not it's gon' corner you, into a box where your son don't even know his pops, and the cyclical nature of doing time continues, my worst fear is one day that you come home from school and see your father face while hearing about tragedy on news, I got the strangest feeling your daddy gon' lose his life soon and sadly if you listen and now it must mean it's true but maybe there's a chance that it's not and this album remains locked in a hard drive like valuable jewels and i can teach you this in person like i'm teaching you to tie your own shoes i love you and i hope to god i don't lose you for your eyes on me he called me, told me he had a funny feeling, what he been dealing with lately, he wasn't telling, I tried to pick his brain, still he wasn't revealing, but I could feel the sense of panic in his voice and it was chilling, he said Jermaine, I knew you since we was cheering, I never asked for nothing, when times was hard, I never had discussions with you, begging you to help me, I dealt with the repercussions of my actions, I know you tried to steer me away from that shit, but that shit was in my blood, you know my life, I know your mama niggas, send my love, in case I never get a chance to speak again I won't forget the weekend spent sleeping at your crib That's the way I wish my family lived But my granny crib was in interjects I had to interject like, nigga what you talking about? Fuckers, you getting that? He said, listen, I got no time to dive into descriptions But I've been having premonitions Just calling visions from the other side I got a feeling I won't see tomorrow Like the time I'm living on is borrowed With that said, the only thing I'm proud to say, I was a father. Write my story down, and if I pass, go play it for my daughter when she ready. So I'm leaving you this record For your eyes only Don't you ever scratch or disrespect it This perspective is a real one Another lost field, son I dedicate these words to you and all the other children Affected by the mass incarceration in this nation That sent your pops to prison when he needed education Sometimes I think this segregation would've done us better Although I know that means that I would never Be brought into this world Cause my daddy was so thrilled When he found him a white girl To take back the Jones Jonesboro With Lil' Zack and Cole Ware. Barely one years old Now it's 30 years later Making sure the story's told Girl, your daddy was a real nigga Not cause he was cold Not because he was the first To get some pussy 12 years old Not because he used to come Through in the caddy on some Vogue's Not because he went from Bagging up them grams to serving those Now your daddy was a real nigga Not cause he was hard Not because he lived a life of crime And sat behind some bars Not because he screamed Fuck the law Although that was true Your daddy was a real nigga Cause he loved you for your eyes only